Disclaimer. We want to issue a trigger warning. This episode discusses topics such as addiction, violence, and death. Viewer discretion advised. Ready? Rewind. Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, and Amy Winehouse. What do these celebrities have in common? They are members of the infamous 27 Club. Who's in the club and why does it keep growing? What is this club exactly? The 27 Club is a list consisting of musicians, artists, or actors who died at age 27. It's not an official club as it's entirely notional. So I'm just going to go through the top notable members, at least for me and for all of us. But it also should be known that when I counted the list on Wikipedia, they listed a total of 76 people in the club. So let's kind of go through the beginning. The list actually starts way before the 70s when people kind of usually think of members of the club. He is the most mysterious person on this list. His name is Robert Johnson. He is a blues musician. And a lot of people, oh, probably you out there, don't really know who he is. That's okay. He was a traveling performer and he had unfortunately little commercial success during his life due to only having two recording sessions total with a total of 29 songs. What's interesting about Johnson is he has a famous legend behind his career of selling his soul to the devil at the crossroads. He took his guitar to the crossroads where the devil tuned it and played a couple songs and then Johnson was able to play. Wait, 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 wait. So what came first? The Supernatural episode or (laughs) Robert Johnson? Who copied who here? Well, considering Robert Johnson was born in 1911, I think Robert Johnson. (laughs) You don't know. Dean Winchester's been to hell how many times now? That's true. (laughs) So a lot of legends with crossroads and selling their souls probably came from this legend. His devil went down to Georgia. His life was unfortunately also poorly recorded as no one knows truly how he died. His death was not publicly reported until 30 years later and he died in 1938. Also, no no formal autopsy was done as he was a Black man found dead on the side of the road. So they say his death causes of death could be either syphilis or he was poisoned. He also inspired such artists such as Robert Plant, the Rolling Stones, Fleetwood Mac, and Bob Dylan. He is such like a big influence to how he played the guitar. And it's very bluesy. Honestly, I think the basis of rock and roll, which also like many Black artists were the start of rock and roll, like that sound. So I'm just going to play a few seconds of Mr. Johnson's Crossroads. I suggest you all take a moment to listen to some of his sound. just a little spice of Robert Johnson's sound. So now I'm going to go into a little bit of the height of this, the height of this phenomenon. So next member I want to talk about is Jimi Hendrix, um, born in 1942 and died in 1970. He was known as one of the best electric guitarists in the world. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame describes him as arguably the greatest instrumentalist in the history of rock music. Also, surprisingly, his career only lasted four years, which I find Really sad, but also quite amazing that he was able to achieve so much. Some of his famous songs are All Along the Watchtower, which is in many Vietnam settings in movies. 
Purple Haze and The Wind Cries Mary, and also his famous rendition of the Star-Spangled Banner, Woodstock. Unfortunately, during his life, he had troubles with drugs and alcohol, and when he would drink a lot, he he was known to get very angry and violent. He then died in 1970 um, of asphyxiation while intoxicated with barbiturates. Also, kind of like Robert Johnson, the details of his finals. Barbiturate. Yeah, barbiturates. What the barbiturate, Dr. Ashley? You're over here like we're on the doctor's Emmy award-winning show. I think I think I know what they are, but like, please explain. A barbiturate, for those who don't know, is any class of sedative or sleep-inducing drugs derived from the barbiturate acid. So is he taking like what? So what sort of? So there's. Did he take what barbiturates? I don't know. Like getting, just... There's muscle relaxers. Was he on like? It's like ketamine in a kale. Like what was he on? Was he on like just... quaaludes? Is that a barbiturate? I don't like, know. You just what drugs Jimi Hendrix died of. I want to know. I'm interested. It just says barbiturates. <laughs> it's a I sleeping. It. He was probably on sleeping good. pills. It says he was. <laughs> He had sleeping pet tablets. Anyway, the details of his finals hours and death are disputed, but he is known he spent the day with Monica Damon, a G- German figure skater and, pa- and painter, and he was also in poor health during this time of his life. He was inducted into the Rock Hall in 1992 and influenced many artists in different genres like funk, rock, hip-hop, and grudge. There were so many listed on the in his Wikipedia article. That there was just too many to name, so I highly recommend reading them. <laughs> also, for all these artists, I can only really go like through the highlights of their life, of their lives. So, I suggest doing more research about they're them. All too successful. I said they're all too successful. Yeah, there's. I mean, how are you gonna like squeeze into like a thirty-minute podcast the stories of Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, like all these people? It's insane. Yeah. Oh, so, so Janis Joplin's our next girl. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the spoiler. <laughs> So Janis Joplin was born in 1943, and she started the band Big Brother and the Holding Company. She sang rock, soul, and blues music. She was very successful while only releasing three albums during her life and had a very strong mezzo-soprano voice. Represent Joplin. She is known for her songs Me and Bobby Mickey, Peace of My Heart, and Cry Baby, which were cover songs, actually, which I learned. I also <laughs> wrote Bye Con Alert! Pew, 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 pew! She Lisa, had set up the alarm. Set up the set up the gay alarms. The alarm. Gay alarm, gay alarm. It's just um Nicki Minaj's palm the alarm. Do 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 do. <laughs> she had relationships with both men and women, including an on and off relationship with Peggy Caserta. Caserta? Peggy. Wait, what did Peggy look like? Oh my god, Julia, I don't have time. Okay, never mind. I this just, is an audio form show. Description. Her name was Peggy Caserta. Peggy. She, Peggy. She, uh, if you watch the Woodstock movie that was made, there is a scene of them holding hands and going to a tent to do some canoodling. Oh my God. Presumably. Actually, I'm returning my sexuality back. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> she, so yeah, so she performed at Woodstock. Unfortunately, she passed away on October 4th, 1970, due to an accidental heroin overdose, presumably compounded by alcohol. Also, she died 16 days after Jimi Hendrix. So her legacy, basically, she was known for her original voice and inducted into the Rock Hall in 1995 and influenced artists like Florence Welts of Florence and the Machine, Stevie Nicks, and Pink. 
everyone who's ever dressed like they were a 60s or 70s girl looks like they want to be Peggy. Peggy is, she (laughs) is the look. She is the blueprint. Peggy is the blueprint for Lana Del Rey's fashion choices, period. And Peggy. Our next guy in this section of kind of like the height of this phenomenon is Jim Morrison. He was born in 1943. He was the lead singer of The Doors. He is known for such songs such as Light My Fire, Riders on the Storm, and People Are Strange, which I feel is a very good song for Halloween. It's always on my Halloween playlist. Mm. Well, the song Touch Me is good too. It bops. We used to play that in our um, our marching band rotation. So, you know, it was cool. He recorded a total of six albums during his lifetime and embodied the hippie counterculture rebellion. He suffered from alcoholism, which affected his, his performing. He was found dead in his partner's Pamela Corson's bathtub. No autopsy was done since this he was found in France and autopsies are not required by French law. The official cause of death is recorded as heart failure, but it's also reported as an accidental heroin overdose. He died shortly after Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix, nine months after they passed. So this is these deaths were all very close together. He was inducted into the Rock Hall in 1993, part of the Doors. He was he's known as an iconic frontman and influential singer-songwriter. He also influenced such artists such as Iggy Pop, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, and Stone Temple Pilots. So now we're gonna go into another era which I called the comeback. I'm going to start with Kurt Cobain. Honestly, he's going to be kind of like the brunt of my part. He's pretty important to the 27 Club, and here's why. So Kurt Cobain was born in 1967. He's a guitarist, lead songwriter, and frontman to Nirvana, known for such songs such as Smells Like Teen Spirit, Lithium, and Come As You Are. During his lifetime, they recorded three studio albums. He helped put grunge on the map and an icon to Gen X. And I also, in my mind, I put voice of the millennial generation. The term 27 Club became known after his death. If, if you're thinking millennial as in Tumblr girls reblogging photos of like combat boots and like fishnets, <laughs> like Nirvana lyrics underneath of like a skin's, you know, screen pull. I guess I don't relate him with kind of grunge that I relate with millennials is a little less actual Kurt Cobain from Nirvana and a little bit more Harry Styles, dramatic background, flower crown, soft grunge. I associate that more with Gen Gen Z. So the term 27 Club became known after his death because people realized this little trend. They're like, hey, Hendrix, Joplin, they also died at 27. What is this? Um, he struggled with mental health, chronic health problems, um, a lot in his stomach and heroin di- addiction in his lifetime. He also had a very public uh, relationship with Courtney Love and also another bicon alert. Boo, 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 boo. He uh, was bisexual. I have a couple quotes. Saying, he said in the magazine the advocate i'm definitely gay in spirit and i probably could be bisexual and if i wouldn't have found courtney i probably would have carried on with the bi- a bisexual lifestyle here's the thing kurt 
this is 2020 coming back to you. I'm connecting with you beyond the grave. <laughs> you can be in a heterosexual relationship and still be bisexual. Yeah. You are bisexual no matter what kind of relationship you are in. You are valid. Also, his daughter was on, she was a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. So she's still like carrying. I was like, oh, that's really nice. Oh, I did. I, I found that in my research. <laughs> anyway, there's also another quote I really liked. If he said to like any like, fans out there he was like if any of you in any way hate homosexuals people of different color or women please do this one favor for us erica please don't bleep this part out leave us the fuck alone don't come to our shows and don't buy our records that's amazing we stand okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna insert myself here a little dashley i'm gonna tell you a little bit about the story of how kurt cobain brought a resurgence to the 27 club conspiracy when he died, um, obviously there was a huge media frenzy. People could not get enough of the story. Uh, folks were interviewing, you know, his mom and running all around. His suicide note got released to the public, which only made it blow up even more. I mean, I found it on Pinterest of all places. I like read wow. Cobain's suicide note. You can pin that. Like for what DIY project are you doing that you need to pin Kurt Cobain? I don't know. Anyways. So one of the, the one of the quotes that really helped blow this up was um, someone interviewed his mom and she said, now he's gone and joined that stupid club. I told him not to join that stupid club in reference to the 27 club. So that kind of shows that there was a lot he was thinking about suicide. And I know when he killed himself, um, he escaped from rehab. Mm-hmm. He went back to his, his house and he, you know, shot a pair of and shot himself. A lot of people believe that Kurt Cobain, like, entered the 27 Club as a source of, like, sacrificial inspiration or, like, trying to make himself, like, a martyr or something. Um, But uh, one of his biggest biographers, Charles R. Cross, he wrote Heavier Than Heaven, a biography of Kurt Cobain, disagrees with this theory. He said, and I no person, no matter how many demons they had at age 27, would want that club to be in their obituary. I've seen some people who think that these deaths are intentionally timed. Like Kurt Cobain intentionally killed himself at that age simply to be in that club. You know, he suffered from depression, drug addiction, and numerous other issues. He tried to kill himself at 17, 25, and 26 as well. So it's not like he just did it to join a club. I um, agree. So kind of going more into his death, Kurt Cobain was found dead on April 8th, 1994 in his greenhouse above his home. Prior to his death, he was having a lot of stomach pain and was actually hospitalized due to being overdosed on painkillers. Courtney Love said she thinks this was a suicide attempt since he took 50 pills. Eight days before his death, like Julia said, he escaped rehab by scaling the six-foot brick wall. When uh, he was found by a guy from the electric company, there was a when there is a clear gunshot to the head and the suicide note. Following his passing, there was a public mourning with a public memorial taking place on April 10th, where Courtney actually read the note to his fans. Really? Yeah, she read it. I'm not going to read it, so that's kind of like, do what you will with that one. Unfortunately, after his death, conspiracy theories with him being murdered came about with Love being a prime suspect. I also include the quote of his mother, Wendy O'Connor, saying the, now he's gone and joined that stupid club, I told him not to join that stupid club quote. Cobain left behind a huge legacy for alternate rock and grunge, and also his daughter, Frances Bean Cobain. In 2014, Nirvana was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he also inspired a ton of musicians. Uh, I also say want to say this to the viewers. If you are 
feeling suicidal, please reach out to people. And I feel like also people like this topic isn't to romanticize death at all. Because honestly, like looking at these great people and one more to talk about, it's really sad. It's like they were so young too. Yeah, I think that if you are feeling it any kind of way, you know, anxious, depressed, of course, is something we talk a lot about a lot more. I think that Kurt Cobain did a lot to talk about mental health more publicly and mainstream that Mm -hmm. topic for sure. And I think like it inspired other emo groups that we even saw like My Chemical Romance in their interviews, Life on the Murder Scene. They would talk about Kurt Cobain and they talk about Green Day and how they were both influenced to, you know, kind of talk about it more in the emo era. And don't be ashamed of it. You're not alone in feeling it. I know it's a really isolating thing. There are resources out there and things do get better. Yeah. It's very it's a very permanent solution to temporary problems. I know that it might not seem like it at the time, but like there are resources. Yeah. So the last person I'm going to talk about is Amy Winehouse. She was born in 1983. She was an English singer and songwriter known for her songs, Rehab, Back to Black, and Valerie. During her life, she recorded three studio albums and unfortunately struggled with drugs, alcohol, depression, bulimia, and lung problems. Her famous look came from her love of 1960s girl groups like the Ronettes and Miami Latinas. Her look was always berated by the British press. And I remember people dressing up for her for Halloween and just totally exaggerating the quote unquote like loose cannon of her personality and things like that. And I was like, I even back then I, I had a friend, like, I remember like at a Halloween party, like my mom's friend dressed up at her and I was just like. I don't know, it just felt like disrespectful, you know? It just, it rubbed me the wrong way. I think the problem is, A, we all know that there's a ton of, like, misogyny in the music industry, but then there's a ton of misogyny in the way we see people who are struggling as well. Like, obviously, Kurt Cobain was struggling, and no one, like, happy about it or, like, praised him for struggling, but he was seen as, like, a tortured artist with, like, a deep mm-hmm. soul. But when Amy Winehouse was struggling with similar stuff, oh, she's just like a slut or a mess. And she just, and she gets like berated in public. Like, oh, of course, a crazy hysterical woman. Like it totally feeds into misogynistic tropes. And then when men, similar to Kurt Cobain, I know we didn't touch on this, but like people blamed Courtney Love for what happened. Yeah. That's why I think a lot of people like pinned her on like murdering him. And also, I also found this in my research, the LA... PD or the police department who handled his case say they always get like at least one tweet like someone tweeting out to them to reopen his case because they believe he was murdered my god so and that's kind of like do your own research on that but also yeah keep in mind like keep your your biases in check that is that or check your check your privilege check your privilege check your privilege but like check like check yourself I mean I even do this sometimes too like the thing that makes life great is being able to learn and grow from like people who are different than you sometimes your own blind spots get in the way of that so make sure when you're really thinking about this kind of stuff to check your blind spots that's what I'm gonna call it check your blind spots yeah did Courtney Love do this or do we just blame men's problems on women you decide Amy Winehouse passed away on July 23rd 2011 it's actually this year's gonna be the 10th anniversary of her death she was found in her home. Uh, her cause of death was alcohol poisoning as her blood alcohol content was at 0.416, which is five times the legal limit. 
Uh, I also found that her sister said she was suffering from bulimia at this time. So she was just not in the greatest physical health as well. She suffered from uh, eating disorder for a pretty long time and eating disorders take a pretty huge toll on your body. So it, it can, and part of that is it can, you know, obviously impair your body's ability to process things like drugs and alcohol. And I don't, when I would look at pictures, she always looked really skinny. I mean, I was going to say, we have the thing you will see with folks who have bulimia. Um, mm. They call it, some psychologists will call it like Q-tipping or like Q-tip head. And it's the way that your like lymph nodes and like your head will look mm. when you've like, you've had bulimia for a while. So mm. interesting. In the documentary, Amy, which was released in 2015, um, it was, so it basically talked a lot about her life, but it also was criticized by her father because saying it put him in a bad light and also accused him of bad parenting and exploiting Amy, which. I mean, if the shoe fits, then where? I mean, also look at even the song Rehab. (laughs) My daddy said, I'm fine. Yeah. So uh, Whitehouse went on to influence many artists such as Adele, Duffy, Lady Gaga, Lana Del Rey, John Legend, and Bruno Morris, and many, many more. Um, Lana she's not- Del Rey would not have a career if it was <laughs> not for Amy Winehouse. If Winehouse- Amy Winehouse was still around, Lana Del Rey would not, because she was she just direct copied Amy Winehouse after she died, in my opinion. I think Lana Del Rey is almost the closest thing we have to a carbon copy, but I don't think she's as good as Amy Winehouse. I feel like... Winehouse is kind of like a combination of Lana Del Rey, but better, and also like Adele, just the voice like that. Oh, absolutely. Just then, kind of like rasp, not raspy, but just. It is raspy though. It's deep and beautiful. I mean, anyway. Yeah, it's like just... deep, but yeah, it's deep. But it's also like alto-y and just really pretty. It's very different. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So yeah. Also, I also want to touch upon other notable names in the 27 club brian jones uh the co-founder of the band rolling stones sahara davenport a drag queen featured on rupaul's drag race season two and anton yelchin an actor best known for Chekhov in the star trek movies so i'm gonna give you a quick rundown about pop culture because obviously since the death of kurt cobain um and even before then this is something that we i guess like we process this in music and art and pop culture because I think in a way when your favorite singer or songwriter dies or when your favorite artist dies, it's kind of like a little bit of a collective trauma, especially if you're struggling with a similar thing and you find representation in them. Like if you're struggling with depression and you find representation and hope in somebody like Kurt Cobain and then he kills himself, it's like, God. So obviously we're going to process this stuff together and let's look at, like, let's just look how we've been talking about it now i mentioned my emos we're gonna hit off strong with fallout boy and if you're a real fallout Boy fan then you obviously are very familiar with the album Thalia do their their song 27 is a reference to the 27 club so basically the lyrics um if you remember some of them i know i do um like every other emo song gets tattooed to my eyelids um so the lyrics basically talk about like the crazy lifestyles, you know, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle that people live when they're an artist and they're in the industry. Um, These lyrics were written by Pete Wentz, and it basically was him reflecting on how he was living at the time, and he started to figure, feel that what started out as, like, fun partying and stuff is now becoming a more dangerous lifestyle, and he got scared. 
that a similar thing would happen to him. So yeah, he wrote the song 27 to kind of process that. So um, the next reference we're going to talk about is Mac Miller in his song Brand Name. He says, to everyone who sell me drugs, don't mix it with that bullshit. I'm hoping not to join the 27 Club. Mac Miller never did join the 27 Club because on September 7th, 2018, he died at the age of 26. Similar to, unfortunately, some of the other people we've seen, he had the basically an accidental death and overdose on fentanyl coupled with cocaine and alcohol. So that was really sad. And of course, if Mac Miller was somebody related to, I mean, it can be kind of traumatic. The next reference is from Juice World. They reference the club in the song Legends, where he says, what's the 27 club? We ain't making it past 21. Um, that song was dedicated to rappers, X Nation, who was murdered at 20, and Lil Peep, who died from an overdose at 21. Juice World himself died at the age of 21 from an accidental overdose so sad it sounds if you're listening to this you're like this is heavy and sad why why are all these people dying so young well is there's a few theories are they just tortured artists uh so in australia victoria university did a massive study in 2014 of the um australian music industry it's the biggest one that's ever happened they found that there are abnormally high rates of mental health and suicide issues in that community. And it has created a lot of ongoing discussion both inside and out of the community now because of that. The investigation uncovered that performing artists lived shorter lives than the rest of the Australian community and that the music industry workers are more likely to suffer from mental health issues or commit suicide than employees in any other sectors, especially um, the roadies who work on tours they were they were pretty strongly impacted let's chat about another thing kind of like i mentioned the tor- tortured artist idea um and basically if you're not familiar with this the tortured artist idea is that when you are your most depressed or down you are your most creatively astute like you are you are producing your best art if you've ever listened to the fantastic comedy show nanette by my girl kenna gatsby she talks a lot about this in it, where people actually told her to go off her antidepressants because, and her medication or stop seeing a therapist because it would make her less funny and make her comedy less good. They're like, you need to be depressed. You need to suffer like Van Gogh when he painted the sunflowers. And she debunks this. She's like, I didn't get a degree in art history for nothing. And she body slams them. It's really great if you haven't listened to it. And I'm not going to rehash her comedy special, but worse for you here. So basically, she debunks that and says, actually, Van Gogh painted the sunflowers because the medications that he was put on when he was seeing a psychiatrist actually made him see colors like yellow and blue more vibrantly. So interesting. And this is also interlinked with another societal bias that folks who are depressed and a little off kilter are drawn to the arts or more artistic people. Yeah. And in the media, generally, the artistic kids are always like the emo outsiders who are, you know, suffering and writing poetry and, you know, uh, what's Roderick from Loaded Diaper, you know, those types. Diary of the Wimpy Kid, back it up, Ash. Get with it. Did you just reference Diary of the Wimpy Kid? I I just referenced Hashtag not my Roderick. Not my Roderick. I listen to a podcast where they will reference Nanette and Loaded Diaper in the same five-second clip. All right. And now this is time for Julia's Armchair Psychology Corner. Yes. 
no mom, I didn't waste $50,000 in a psychology degree. I'm using it right now. <laughs> so from what I know about psychology, and if you'd like, you can do your own research into this. I know there's a really great episode of the Brene Brown podcast where they talk about this too. But this is from what I remember from getting my degree. When your body experiences stress, it cannot press process stress any differently from things. It doesn't have like different functions to process stress. Like the same stress you're feeling when you're taking an exam is accessing the same fight or flight or fawn or freeze parts of your brain that would be if someone was chasing you to kill you. And that's why people will have like things like test anxiety or panic attacks when they have to like speak in public. Like your body, I mean, our brains are not that advanced. Your brain and body does not have to know how to process different types of events and stress. Once you get stressed out about something, Obviously there are healthy levels of it, but like once you get kind of stressed out, your body's like, girl, find a cave, we gotta run, we gotta fight somebody off, we gotta do something. And if you don't expel this naturally, you know, this building up stress from your body, the hormones and chemicals that are produced, your body will store them in other places, um, like intestines, they'll give you like IBS or something, it can hurt your heart. It can be really bad and stress can actually, it can really kill you. Like seriously, you can you can, that stress over time will wear on your body and, and age you very fast. And nobody wants to be old and crusty. So what do you do? You're like, Julia, I'm old. I'm crusty. I feel like a, I don't know, like a little saltine cracker. I don't know. I feel dry. I feel brittle. I feel weathered. And I feel like crumpled up at the bottom of the bag, just waiting for some old lady or some kid with like a tummy ache to just fish me out with their fingies and eat me at four in the morning. Was that too weird? That was very specific. It wasn't weird. It was just very specific. Sometimes I just like to say weird things to see when you're going to respond to me. But I guess that one didn't get a response. Okay. Here's what you can do. Art is actually a really great way to process um, your feelings and your emotions and get out anxiety. A really great exercise you can do is take two different colored like crayons or markers or pens or pencils. I don't care. Get a sheet of paper and just scribble little circles on either side. That will help get some of it out. What are you doing? I'm drawing my circles in the air. Draw your circles. Um, you can draw art. You can write poetry. Those are really great outlets. Creating something is a really, it's a really good way to get rid of it. And also exercise dance in your freaking room just shake you can do the shakes where you just stand up shake your arms your legs your toes just wiggle it out you know put on wiggle it out right box, now my box. except if you're driving do, do what you got to do but art and exercise are really great ways to process some of those emotions and um some people found that both art exercise can be effective as some different types of medication like i think i remember learning that there is a study and obviously it's just one study cross-reference these things, do your own research. I'm not saying this is the be-all end-all solution to your problems. There is one study that I have found that says that doing, you know, 30 to 45 minutes of exercise a week can actually be as effective as Zoloft. For some people that might be true. For some people that might not be true. I suggest you consult with a professional that knows your specific body and issues before deciding to not take your medication Doctors know what they're talking about. Your therapist knows what they're talking about way more than I do. I only have my bachelor's in this. And that is just one study that I've read. You know, these things need to be peer reviewed and proven time and time again, and it needs to be replicable. There's a lot of statistical, you know, backups that we need to have on this. So I highly recommend you don't just take my word for that. Talk to your doctor before you make any serious decisions. All right, hit me with the last one. Statistically speaking, because obviously I'm a professional. Only 1.3% of musicians, according to Happy Magazine, 
from the years 1950 to 2010 died at the age of 27. The most common age for musicians to pass is somewhere between 56 and 57, with around 2.3% of all musicians joining the 56 club. So I'm just saying, well, it feels like a lot of musicians are dying young. And I think part of that is because we romanticize death and suffering and a life gone too soon and a very Shakespearean lost to the stars way. I guess what I want to say is there is nothing romantic or beautiful about suffering. It is just something that happens and you guys should take care of yourselves and follow the the lead of a lot of musicians who live long and happy lives well into their 50s it is worth it things get better there's a long span in front of you and I think it's it's kind of weird the morbid fascination we have with folks who are just gone too soon and the demands we have on people's bodies and careers that they yeah I don't know that they perform that way I think it's also just the fact of these are such big names, especially like Hendrix and Joplin. Like they all died so closely together. Like I remember when I was a kid, a lot of people thought Bernie Spears was going to pass away at 27. A lot of say, people said she's going to join this club. And I'm so happy she didn't. <laughs> she got herself out. Like she had a really tough 2007, but then 2008, she was back on top, baby, because she was Britney Spears. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying, I think humans are just so interested in that darker side because it's like we can't act like that in well, real life. This is a modern day form of the Coliseum. Yeah, almost. Where people would gather just to watch people die. I mean, I think also some of it too is the music industry eats you up and chews you out. And also, I think a lot of the corporate environments we're in right now eat you up and chew you out. Yeah. Like, you know, Kurt Cobain said, nobody leaves life a virgin. We all get fucked. I guess what I would say is very a la Black Mirror. Take some time to consider what lengths you personally want to go to for fame and how you take care of yourself and just know that you and your body and your life are the most precious things you have in this world. Especially it's now. That you take care of yourself. Yeah, especially now in the digital age. Nothing goes away. Nothing. And also, like, a lot of these stars died before the, like, the height of the digital age. And it's so easy to, like, get that, like, the quote-unquote 15 minutes of fame, like, on TikTok or Instagram or even YouTube. So basically, take care of yourselves. And also to wrap up, on going back to the 27 Club. Basically, if you are dealing with addiction, feeling suicidal, any like dealing with like eating disorders, please reach out to resources. That's the good thing about the internet. It's easier to find resources now um, to find to get sure help. Make sure that you're, you're checking their good resources. Yeah. Like actually get out there and find credited organizations that will really actually help you and see if there are affordable options that you can get to find a good therapist that will work with you in a way that makes you feel comfortable be careful out there and also um my last note also with these artists um if you decide to look more into the 27 club obviously this is a very brief introduction maybe to um this club i also suggest just looking into these artists and learn about their lives instead of like their deaths so that their Um, lives will live on yeah and even though their lives were short but they left amazing legacies for all of us to enjoy amazing films songs books anything they had all beautiful lives and we should cherish them i think that's also why because these people themselves were amazing artists and yeah i think 
I think that's all I've got to say about that. Okay, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at Ready Rewind Podcast. Follow us <laughs> on Facebook, Facebook at Ready Rewind, Instagram at Ready Rewind Podcast. And also our new TikTok has the full name. TikTok, TikTok, it's oh she's so special. Oh God. And she's beautiful. Our our wonderful editor E does an amazing job. Um she is the talent and backbone of this <laughs> operation. So anyways, check out the TikTok. It's, they're amazing. I love them. Uh, sorry if this made you sadder anyway, but goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Ready? Rewind.